I'm less willing to waste time with old stuff hanging around. So I'm more willing to generously, graciously speak the truth. That is where we left off in our conversation with Joyce last week. Today we're going to hear her share a couple personal examples of the kind of authentic living she was talking about, which we can practice in part by understanding that someday we will die and that someday could be today. I am, of course, Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about life and meaning and the different lessons that we can learn from one another. Today is the conclusion of my conversation with Joyce, and Joyce starts out by talking about one common reaction to her sharing her honest feelings about someone important to her. Let's listen. I've had people who say, "Well, why are you why are you telling me this? Are you are you <laughs> do you have some illness or something?" Right. I say, "No, I just realized that you really mean a lot. It's positive, positive stuff as well as negative. It's you really mean a lot and you you had a big influence on me and I just want to let you know that." Yeah. Can you compare how Joyce of today feels about those kinds of things versus how you felt in the past to give listeners maybe some context for considering what change, making that change in their life would feel like? I think that it's a subtle difference about being concerned about what people think about us, me, I'll speak for myself. I care a lot about other people. It's not like I'm saying, oh, other people be damned. I'll do whatever I want. But it's, I think it's more recognizing that out of some fear, might be fear of what they think about me or fear about whatever, that I shouldn't say something. And, you know, we've all done things in our life we're not proud of. And I think it's, you know, my, my cue or clue to myself is if something's nagging away at me, then it's, you know, it's taking up, it's taking up valuable emotional space. And it's, I mean, life's, life's hard. For a lot of people, we all, all or most of us have challenging things happen in our lives, little things and big things. And like you said, I kind of look at it as like there are a lot of little deaths that happen and in some ways preparing us for the big death. But um, it's easy to let stuff slide. I, You know, it's hard for me to think of specifics, but I just know that I live more cleanly in this respect. Now, it might be that I don't actually speak to the person. So I've forgiven somebody who did something 
which I thought was really outrageous. And I did went over it and over it in my mind and tried to speak with this person years ago and was never successful. But I have in my own mind gone through a forgiveness process and I've forgiven her. Now, she, she and I will never speak again. I'm sure, or we won't, we won't be close friends again. I might, I'd certainly speak with her if I saw her in public, but I've forgiven her in my own mind. I've, I've not tried to make sense of it. Yeah. Okay. Here's another example. This is a good example. My brother was estranged from his three sisters for several years because of some behaviors that he did that were, were really not acceptable. And I won't go into the details, but for a couple of years, I kept wanting to talk with him. I kept wanting him to hear my side of things. And I tried initially and was not successful. And then I went over it and over it and over it in my mind. And I kept in my mind wanting him to apologize. And I wanted him to hear me. And at some point I thought, none of that really matters anymore. I just want my brother back. Mm. And we live in different parts of the country, but I basically, I was passing through his area and I invited him to lunch. And I said, I wrote him a letter and I said, I just want to see you. And I don't want the next time that one of us sees the other to be at the other's funeral. I basically said, I don't know what happened between us. It's no longer important. I want my brother back. And he agreed to have lunch with me. And we never talked about the yeah. what happened. But basically, I forgave him. And it's made all the difference. We'll never be super, super close. But what I realized is I wanted my brother in my life. And... So that's an example. I think the flip side of it that's really important, I have so much more gratitude at this point in my life than I did. I could easily focus on what was wrong in a situation. And I've really, I'm so appreciative of the incredible life I've lived. I've had lots of struggles. But, you know, as somebody born in this country this culture to a family that valued education i feel privileged i don't have a lot of material wealth or resources but i have tremendous resources in myself and in my family and and i feel very grateful for that so as i gave you an example earlier of calling or writing to somebody and tell them how much i appreciated that and i you know, those kindergarten lessons about saying please and thank you. <laughs> I really try to do that. I I really try to thank people for the smallest things and the biggest things and to let them know how cool they are, how much they matter to me, or what a great thing they did with X, Y, or Z. So, yeah, yeah I don't always do it. I screw up regularly, but I think it pays off. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. An unspoken thing that I think I heard in there, and you were trying to compare new Joyce to old Joyce, was that you still have things that you're afraid to say or you're worried what people 
me think about them. You still have resentments that you're afraid to let go. You still have those things that you're afraid of. But now you have decided to act with more courage in confronting them. And so based on that choice, your life is less driven by your fears than it was before. And you could say, I have more courage. I act with more courage. And that is a good way to feel about oneself, I would imagine. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. I've never been a person who's had tons of fears. I go boldly out there in the world. But I think it's clear to me when I'm, you know, I'm sure we've all had the experience of reworking and reworking over and over again an interaction or an issue or something like like I did with this woman that I mentioned. And I've heard it described as, as scratching circles into our brains. That's a good good metaphor. When yeah. I experience myself doing that, then I know I either need to let it go, it's not important, mm-hmm. or if it is important enough that it keeps resurfacing, then I need to do something about it because it's unnecessary junk in my emotional backpack. Right. <laughs> it's separating me and that person. And if the relationship is, is important, then I need to do something about it. Yeah. So I'm less likely to keep scratching that same circle than I used yeah. to. Yeah, and it comes back to the first thing you said. So much of what I've heard you talk about is about that connection that you mentioned initially. It's about being connected to people or to the world and the things, the emotional baggage in this example, that prevent you from being connected in the way that you would hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm less likely to spend time doing things I don't want to do either. Yeah. You know, (laughs) whether that's going to some, I'm a pretty social person, but there are things that I just don't enjoy. So I'm more likely to say, "Mm, I don't think I'm available. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or, uh, or whatever, you know, tasks that really (laughs) don't matter. Right. Is there anything, any closing thoughts you'd like to share? I guess I would share that I think we have a responsibility to our people, to our families, to our communities, to the earth. And I feel an obligation, a responsibility to give back. That's not a heavy responsibility. It's a it's a joyful responsibility out of my gratitude for the life I've lived and the incredible planet and, and people there are in the world. I mean, there are lots of jerks out there, but there's so many wonderful, interesting people. And my parents were poor and they came from families with no education. And for whatever reason, education became an important part of their lives and they transmitted that to us. Well, 
you know, when I think about how easily it could have been otherwise, I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I yeah. think that's what made me an educator and why I'm still educating. Still are, yeah. <laughs> I love teaching classes and I love facilitating things and seeing people's eyes light up when they get something or come to a discovery or whatever. And and for me, it's part of my sense of responsibility to be there for others, to give back to others. So it feels important to me. And and there's a there's a joyfulness. I don't and I don't mean that in a sappy way, but you know, when I'm teaching I get as much as I give. We're interconnected. Yeah. Great. Well thank you for your generosity with all of that and also for giving us the time to have this conversation with me i certainly have gained something from it you're welcome it's my pleasure it like i said when people are focusing on preparing for their death <laughs> reflecting on your life is it's interesting it helps you focus so and yeah. i you know i appreciate the dream i can I'm a strong visual person, so I can see that dead guy with that lively forest coming out of his right. head in his heart. I value the images hmm. dreams bring us. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time too, Michael. Yeah, you are you are very welcome. My pleasure. And of course, thanks for your time as well. I realize that. It's not cheap, and I hope that the conversation in the Dead Man's Forest helps you in some way. If you would like to say something about that, you know where to reach me. There's a contact form on the bottom of the page at deadmansforest.org. That's all for this week. I hope to see you back here next time on the Dead Man's Forest. Bye-bye.